106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Episode three. Welcome, America. Welcome to the whole world to episode three of the Gig Podcast. Revenge of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Gig Podcast 2, Electric Boogaloo. Or wait, no. Um, because this is episode, this is week three, or episode three, so I guess it would be uh, Gig Podcast 3, Electric Boogaloo. Well, that just doesn't have quite the same ring to it, does it? We're off to a strong start. Obviously, obviously. Just, this, is, this is amazing content right here. It's content I'm proud of. All right, anyway. Welcome to the Gig Podcast. My name is Elliot Lawrence. I'm a bass player. Uh, musician from Long Beach. Well, actually, I'm from Pittsburgh, currently living in Long Beach, California. Here, joined by my good friend, longtime collaborator, fantastic musician, Dominic White. Dominic, what's up? Nanu, nanu. <laughs> Dominic, uh, I should have mentioned, is uh, just got back from a gig on the Planet Orc. Uh, okay, now I remember English. Um, <laughs> how you doing, everybody? All right, all right. So, uh, he just got back from a gig on the Planet Orc. I just got back. Wait, no, you know what? Let's have you go first. Dominic, how has your week been? My week has been okay. Uh, I've been teaching a lot, which is fun, but it can also be stressful. Uh, honestly, I'm just kind of looking forward to my days off. Wow. I got a bunch of, of cool kids. Uh, some of them are fun. Uh some of them are not so fun. So, well, I know how that is. Such is life. So, here's my <laughs> So, here's my question. Um, do you dislike the work or do you dislike the job? I think I dislike the uh corporate kind of thing, the curriculum. There it is. So, you dislike the job. See, that's what I learned now. Like the politics surrounding right. the actual work. Yeah, it's right, uh, right. yeah. The work is okay. Uh, uh, the students are, are cool. Um, I look forward to a lot of them. A lot of them are really cool kids. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, the manager is not not bad. He he seems like a nice guy. Uh, okay. But the lady who does the scheduling is just kind of on another planet, and it's just really hard to. Is it the planet? Or- is it the planet orc? It's the planet uh, bad receptionist. It's just um, we just don't communicate, and we don't have a chance to actually communicate because we're just like kind of in and out, high by. So you're having so, communication issues with the receptionist. Yeah. It's, so you're you're saying she's having trouble with reception. Right. That's ironic. So it's just uh, kind of – it can be hectic. So my week's been a little hectic uh, just because of the teaching and all that. So, um, But other than that, it's been okay. All right. Well, I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, let's see. We are recording this episode on the Monday after Valentine's Day. Did you do anything for Valentine's Day? I did not. Didn't uh, do anything to celebrate love and was that a Saturday? It was Friday. It was Friday. Friday. Uh I um just kinda relaxed. I worked on some music. I tried to get some uh uh housework done and I did I got a lot done. So I got some stuff put on the walls. 
some uh, some acoustic stuff um, okay. so everything doesn't sound like you know we're recording a podcast in someone's bathroom not that there's anything wrong with bathroom podcasts so, you know what just for fun we should record a, a episode in the in the bathroom yeah. one of these days not that i don't love listening to a podcast in an echo chamber echo chamber echo chamber echo ch- i'm so sorry i'm feeling kind of goofy today yeah you know uh you're you're doing a podcast why make it sound good you know Well, well, obviously, when you look at it that way. Okay, so you mentioned having done some recording. Uh, You also mentioned before we started recording that uh, there is a new romantic analog single out. Is that correct? That is correct. Do tell. Uh, Yeah, it just came out about a week ago. It's called Lightheaded. And um, it's uh, I actually released it uh, a bit ago on YouTube, which isn't really a release. but I put it on iTunes, Spotify, and and <clears throat> Amazon, and uh, so it's available on all those streaming platforms that okay. I don't use really. <laughs> available on all streaming platforms. You don't use them. Why is that? I I listen to music uh, usually on YouTube, and if I love the song and I just have to have it for some reason, I'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go and buy it. That actually is starting to be a lot more common. Like uh, a lot of people are just being like, "Okay, I'm not trying to deal with Spotify." Yeah. Uh, blah 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 blah. Spotify I think I'll bizarre. just listen. I mean, it's on YouTube, and the record, you know, the the distrib the di- all the distribution companies they release stuff on YouTube just as quick as they release it everywhere else. Um, and here's the thing. Here's the affirmation, Dominic. So, um, there's a church gig that I do in North Hollywood every Sunday. It's a great gig with a great worship team. Um, I really, really love. I really, really love. They're fantastic no musicians. Uh, shout out to Harmony Toluca Lake. Uh, if you are in the uh, North Hollywood slash Burbank area on a Sunday morning at ten thirty a.m., come on through. We'd love to see you. In the meantime, so um, our worship leader, a fantastic, a fantastic uh, vocalist, artist, activist uh, by the name of Melinda Hale. Shout out Melinda Hale. Uh, that's the boss lady. She sends us the uh, playlist via Spotify of all the you know songs we're gonna do for our worship music. Uh, generally speaking, I just sort of look at the what the songs are, and then I just look at them on YouTube. And here's what ended up happening, right? So we're you know we're at rehearsal one morning, and I hear one of the other vocalists say, you know, she's he, she's like, uh, you got the song, and he's like, yeah. Uh, didn't you get the Spotify playlist? And he's like, yeah, yeah, but I don't listen. I don't have Spotify like that, so I just listen to the songs on YouTube. Right. It's not just me. I felt so much better. Yeah, I always think like, no, I I don't want to download Spotify. No, no, I don't want to get the app. Actually, when I do use Spotify, I just use. I mean, you can go th- you can go to Spotify through Chrome or any other uh, uh, web browser. You don't even need to actually but, have the app. But I think after a while, they're like, let's uh, let's see some money. No, like, I not think, really. Really? Well, I mean, a lot of times, unless somebody has sent you a playlist or a specific artist link, they'll just, like, if you type in, let's see, who's somebody that, let's say Bruno Mars. Let's say I feel like listening to some Bruno Mars, right, for whatever reason. I go. Put to, your pinky rings up to in, the air or moon. Or to the moon. Yeah, moon. Because yeah, I, I have a pinky ring. Yeah, and I <laughs> would, I'm sure the moon would love to see it. Yeah, of course. We all know that. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of something else that I want to talk about later, but one thing at a time. So you go to Spotify, you type in Bruno Mars, it's going to give you Bruno Mars radio. 
in the same way that like Pandora would do, you know. So it's like you'll play some Bruno Mars, but you're not going to necessarily get to pick the particular song you want to listen to. Right. Um, it's like here's the playlist. Exactly. It's like, can I just? I just want one song. Right. I don't need the Bruno Mars experience. <laughs> no, that's what they call that Bruno Mars tribute band. Right. Actually, that is not what they call that band, but that band does exist. Of course. Yeah, funny story. I well, no, I shouldn't tell this. Yeah, I might as well. Okay, so um I auditioned for that band one time and it went well. Oh, okay. Yeah. But other things didn't. Hmm, I think I know what you mean. I'm just going to say that it's very very important for when you get into when you get into any situation where you're working with some new people, um you got to make sure that people are okay with being upfront with you about every aspect including but not limited to how much you're getting paid okay that is so important of course you don't want any surprises no no you don't want to find out 10 minutes after you finish the gig that they're going to mail the check to you in a month and a half oh yeah that's the worst i'm not saying that happened in this case and i'm not calling anybody out i'm just saying sure, sure, sure. that those situations happen so it's really really important uh, i encourage all the musicians out there i hope there's some musicians listening if you don't know this always make sure that you don't be af- don't, don't don't be afraid to be an asshole and just be like hey you know what this is con- i need to know what i'm getting paid how i'm getting paid when i'm getting paid i'm not saying i won't work with you or work for you if i'm not getting paid till afterwards but you know just need to let let me know yeah yeah you have to be forthcoming about that 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 is your responsibility and if you know you're not going to be forthcoming about that then how can i trust you in this situation anyway so soapbox soapbox rant number one over i'm hoping there won't be that many on this one but it's still early so um did a lot of teaching, and you made it through the week, so congratulations. Uh, last week, I, in the last couple of days, actually has been real busy for me. Uh, last Friday, I actually got a gig on Valentine's Day, which I mentioned on the last episode, and it was, uh, like I mentioned, in Lancaster, very, very far away. Just a word of advice for anybody uh, who has to go up to Lancaster, if you... Um, have to be there at seven make sure you leave before three if it's a weekday oh god (laughs) wow really i think i might have averaged like 18 miles an hour just it's on a like you know southern california traffic on a friday i shouldn't have been surprised i ultimately wasn't surprised and i made it there that is pretty brutal yeah it's you don't get used to it you really don't so uh um Musicians uh, in other places dreaming of come to California, coming to California, stay away. Think, think about it. We're really, full. Really think about it. <laughs> We're full. Um, but no, I got up there, played a gig, and it was a really fun gig with some really, really great players. Uh, um, it was interesting. It was a thing called a paint and sip, which is like a sort of a thing where you go and you, like, you drink wine, and there's paint supplies, and you paint. And you just like drink, yeah, you, drinking I'm, and painting. It sounds weird, but then you get there and it kind of makes sense. And sure. the funny thing is, like we were, um, I mean, technically we were just like ambiance, like background music, just a sort of a a vibe, uh, right? Exactly a vibe. I don't want to say a peripheral part of the experience, but it wasn't a concert per se. With that said, like it was a real 
weird and interesting balancing act. It's like, because, you know, you get some good players up on stage. They're going to want to get up on there and burn, you know, and just do some, you know, just. Sure. But it's like, okay, we're trying to keep things chill and fun and not too loud. But you still want to have your, you know, freedom to to flex your, to uh, stretch your musical wings and actually make some music instead of just playing songs. So it's like an interesting balancing act. We've all had to, and we've all had to walk that tightrope. So it's a it's a valuable skill to be able to like read a room when you're a musician. It's like okay, how loud should I be playing? What kind of stuff am I should I be playing? What will these people be into? Maybe save the Norwegian black metal. Yeah, definitely want to definitely want to stay away from the Norwegian black metal. Maybe pull it out when you're in Norway. Yeah, yeah. A, a paint and sip in Norway, I'm sure, would be... That would go over really well. I think it would. They'd be like, they understand our culture. <laughs> okay, I'm, is is this what Norwegians sound like? If they're German, yeah. Oh, thanks. That's That's very <laughs> helpful. I appreciate that. Yeah, Norway German. See, last see last time we uh we talked about uh, the cholos. I guess this time the uh, the Norwegians are getting it. Nobody is safe. Yeah, we so, will uh, definitely mistake your culture and yeah for something else. We will. Uh, I guess uh, like if we were shock jock radio hosts on AM radio, we would say something like, uh, "Nobody's safe," you know, from our satire. And then they'd be like, especially minorities and women. (laughs) Satire is supposed, I read a quote uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, and it said something so profound and it's like something that everybody needs to consider in situations like when when so-and-so was trying to pull the, it was just a joke card. Just a joke, man. Yeah. Lighten up. You're being so sensitive. Stop being so politically correct. I, I, that makes me want to punch people so bad. God. But anyway. If you have to, like, get mad about your joke, it's probably not a good joke. Yeah. Tell her her better joke. Be a better comedian. uh, So so this quote that I saw said, satire is supposed to punch up. If you're punching down, that's not satire. That's just being, like, a a dick. Yeah, that's not. That doesn't make you... That doesn't make you edgy, you know? I mean, yeah. makes you a, a douche. Right. I mean, I get it. Irreverence is, like, the thing now. But irreverence, like, you... It's not irreverence if you're being, quote-unquote, irreverent towards something that people have a history of not showing reverence for. Yeah, it's, it's just being a part of the problem, and it's being a part of the system that oppresses. It's like fundamentally trying to change comedy, and it's like, uh, no, you can't do that. Yeah. The comedy is tragedy plus time, and you can't... It's just a fucking joke, bro. Yeah, you can't make it something it's not. <laughs> At any rate... um, Played this gig in Lancaster. It was fun. Uh, for the record, it, I got back a lot quicker than I got there. And that was cool. So that's um, that's the one good fun thing that happened in the last week. The other thing, and I'm actually still kind of cranky about this. Um, I got brought in um, allegedly. Um, and I use the word allegedly for reasons that will become clear uh, as I get into this. I got brought in propositioned to do this gig for this producer uh, who apparently is getting ready to start working on like doing some solo stuff. He's worked with some big artists and affiliated with a bunch of stuff. Uh, we, 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 we hide the names to protect the innocent here and the guilty, frankly. So I'm not going to put anybody's name out there, but he was kind of a known entity and he was talking about doing this gig and he wanted to do so. So myself and my one drummer friend, and 
this guitar player that we brought in. We get together, we rehearse the material, going back and forth, making sure, okay, so we get, because we get the gig about a week out from when it's supposed to happen. We get together, rehearse the material, work on it, make sure we know it. The day before, the day before the gig is supposed to happen, the guy's wife pulls the plug, sends the drummer, who is ostensibly the uh, music director, a text message saying, uh, this is too stressful. I'm making an executive decision uh, Ooh, in the... In- yeah, I know, Did right? Did say executive? Yes, like, oh. I'm making an executive decision to pull the plug. And I'm like... Were you in transit? No, no, okay. we weren't there. It was like the day before. Oh, okay. So... I wasn't like on the way to the gig, but it was close enough to it so that I was really, really upset about it because it's like you needed the money. What? You know, I mean, it that was just it, it was really more. I think the thing that I was the most upset about was the fact that we had put so much work in. You know, I mean, it wasn't a situation where it's just it wasn't a casual type situation where you go and play, you know, play, uh, I don't know, Valerie. And uh, a bunch of songs that you already know. Like, they sent me these tracks, and I sat down and wrote charts and Do did all this work. Know? Let me guess. Valerie? Yeah. Dude, every <laughs> cover band in the universe plays. Valerie. I don't remember the last time I did a cover gig Valerie. where we didn't play uh, Valerie. It's like the. Oh, uh, it's her drug dealer. Okay, I get it. I, for real? I was not aware of that. Yeah, I think so. It's like, hey. Why don't you come on over, Valerie? Yeah. Sometimes I look across the water. Okay, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and that whole first bit in the second verse, the second verse about being in, about, oh, oh, you had to go to jail. Yeah. Wow. I, I think. Uh, you could be right. I'm um, not going to uh, discount the likelihood that uh, Valerie is a song about uh, trying to score, trying to cop. Anyway, so, yeah, there's the text right there. Don't read it out loud. Don't say any names. You know. Oh, I, there's no names there. I, I wish it was juicier. <laughs> well, I mean... Okay. Yeah, so it's it. like... Uh, yeah. Now, I have made an executive decision not to move forward with tomorrow. Uh, it's just too much uh, to pull this off. Now, at that point, we'd already been working for like three or four days to make it work. You know, and here comes uh, this person talking about, I'm making an executive decision. And here's the thing that bugged me about that the most. It's like, she used the word executive decision. Now, the root word of executive is execute. You know, that's where, it, like, that's the, like, core idea of it. Execute means, like, do something. It means commit an act. How are you going to make an executive decision when you're not the one who's been doing things this whole time? We have. That's the wife? Yeah. Hmm. You know, she's just been sort of sitting there, you know. Yeah. And I don't want to talk shit on anybody's wife. That's no, that's no. why we're, you know, but still it's like um so what are you going to do about the so you if you're going to make an executive decision, how are you going to address the people who have been executing? <laughs> uh that's uh, really not that's just not cool. Right. And I was really 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 perturbed about that. Just generally speaking, I always have an issue with what I like to call the phantom gig. Uh, which is what I call it when you have like all the details, like about how a gig, when a gig is going to happen, when how much is going to be paid, what kind of music you're playing, you've actually put in the work, and then the it's quiet, a little too quiet. Too quiet. What happened? To, there was a gig here a minute ago, 
and now it's just not. Like the replies are just a little later than you then it's comfortable and you're like, yeah. hmm, like it what time like someone wants to pull out. Like what time do we hit? 4 hours later. It might be at 7. I'll let you know. You're just like, "Ooh, that sounds bad." <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not feeling too good about this. Now, and that's and that I think is a very interesting point because after a while, you sort of a develop a sense for when something is going to be a phantom gig. So you can be like you can sort of be like, hey, you can sort of read the warning signs and be like, hey, is this going to happen or is this not going to happen? I need you to, you know, kind of be straight up with me in advance. And they're just like, um, what's that over there? Exactly. <laughs> like, Damn. And you turn around. Oh, they're, where'd you go? And you're like, guys, ah, it got me. <laughs> anyway, so phantom gigs are bad. Nobody likes them. Oh, I have uh, one thing. Go for it. That I was going to say, uh, on on the face beezy uh there's this group a music group right it's mm-hmm. related to gigs right right i, don't I know get, the, I, don't I know the get, one you're talking about okay. i know exactly i, yeah, I don't want to get about. too specific but um there was this kind of melee over the weekend <laughs> this this girl hold on i'm pulling this shit up right now keep talking keep talking i want to see uh she was um a, a violin player a string player and she got hired for a wedding okay um, I, I really don't know the details, but uh, she lied and said she, that she was part of something called uh, – I don't even know if I want to say the group. She lied and said that she was part of a certain string organization. organization. Okay, fair enough. Okay. You know what? It, and, okay, in this situation, I think it's okay. okay. I think it's okay. Okay, she lied and said she was part of OC Strings. Really? Yeah. That's and, a hell of a lie, man. And then they contacted, uh, I think, the manager or whoever uh, you know, is the leader over there. And he said, nope, we don't know this girl. We don't know what's going <laughs> hey, on. Hey, so-and-so said she's a member in good standing. He's like, who? Yeah. And it was just like this uh, you know, very dramatic event uh, just broadcasted all over that page, you know, complete with names, you know, like this is the girl. And I went to her profile. I was like, huh. And I was like, we got mutual <laughs> friends, you know, and she knows a, a guy I know. And okay, and uh, yeah, so so yeah, don't lie, don't say you're part of a group. It's just <laughs> when it, you're not. We, everybody knows everybody now. Like it's just you got to understand that. Just practice and show up. That's, that's the that's weird. All you got to do. You know who you, you just quoted? You you realize you just quoted Greg Wall, right? Yeah. Uh, it, oh, is that his? Yeah. Practice, practice, practice and show up. Yeah, or at least you're paraphrasing Greg Wall. His thing was show up on time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Play your ass off earlier than on time. Get yeah, that's uh, shout out to Jeremy Knutson. He's the uh, he's the uh, one of the production operations managers at the uh, Segerstrom Center for the Arts in Costa Mesa, California. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, used to be a well, I shouldn't say used to be fantastic dancer, choreographer, dance educator, and I worked with him on a bunch of shows and he would always tell like he would always tell casts early is on time, on time is late, and late is you're fucking fired. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Yep, being late for a gig is like worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. And you know, in LA traffic, man. Oh yeah. You just gotta you just gotta be there like the day before and sleep in the parking lot. Basically. <laughs> Just go through hell on the freeway. Just yeah. make it happen. Make it happen. That's when you use ways. That's what we was talking about. Oh wait, we we don't use ways anymore because there's new ones, right? But then everyone else is using ways, right? So yeah. you're just people screwed. are complaining about lots of cars on their side streets. Yeah, yeah. especially in LA, it's like I'm oh. I'm all all of a sudden I'm in the middle of a neighborhood. And I'm just like, 
and then you know i just feel like a dickweed because there's like <laughs> 20 cars just backed up in this little neighborhood and everyone's mm-hmm. like i just need to get some milk kids <laughs> trying to play softball and shit yeah you basically. realize this is the second time we've talked about ways on this podcast damn you ways <laughs> at any rate so uh show up on time play your ass off get paid shout out to greg wall um pretend like you love every single note even if you don't did he say that was that his thing no i just said that really is yeah, that well, is that the attitude you bring to when you play well i don't bring like a ho-hum attitude though having said that i had i mean the last you know gig i did was was that musical you know oh yeah i remember so. you talking about that musical mm-hmm. it wasn't that bad was it no, I mean, was, I seem to remember hearing that the drummer was actually really good. Yeah, it was cool. It was a again, uh, not mentioning names to protect the innocent and the guilty. Exactly. I would have liked to have um, just played. I, I don't know why that that guitar player was just like, "Yep, can't do this day, this day, this day, this day, this day." It's just like, dude, just don't do it. He had a gig that played more money. Uh, yeah. Or no, no, I don't think he did. I think he had some like family stuff. Oh, oh, well. yeah. It was like family related. But... You can't, you can't knock a guy for that. You no. know. Still, so, just I would have liked to have just played the whole musical. Oh, okay. You know, all right. As, as opposed to being a sub, I hate being a sub. I don't mind it. Like there have been some situations where I've gotten to like drop in on some really cool stuff, but not make the full commitment just because you know I come in feeling like last year. Oh, this was fun. Uh, last I think it was last year. I no, no, it was definitely must have been fall of. Fall of 2018, I actually, uh, somebody put up a, a stage musical version of I Know What You Did Last Summer. Remember that movie? Oh, yes. And it was basically like a jukebox musical with a bunch of like J-Lo uh, hit songs. Well, not, well, no, actually there was one song by her because she remember she did record back in the day. She was a. No, but I mean Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She put out she a couple of records back in the day. Bland, like I guess she's attractive as a, like you know the the hottie or whatever. She, sure, the type of thing she gets kind of typecasted as, but she just seems just so bland to me. I think that's kind of what kind of part of the appeal is because with an actress like that, you know what uh, what somebody can come in and do, what a what a girl can come in and do is like sort of pour herself into that space since she. The actual actress present doesn't really occupy that much bandwidth per se. Like she, she's just a cipher for other people to be like blandness from Calvin Klein. <laughs> okay, but no, it's like she can, you know, she just fills in the space, and so uh, you know, a girl watching can be like, that could be me sitting there. That could be me standing there, you know, talking to like the best example I can think of. And this is going to sound real mean and I feel bad, but like (laughs) I'm not the first person to say, but that that was the appeal of Kristen Stewart in the Twilight movies. Kristen. Oh, she has like negative one facial expressions. Yeah, that's about it. She's got she's got nothing. She could be any girl. You know, this is it's like insert girl here. So for I could beat her on the court. She's got nothing. It's my house. Yeah. Take it to the hole. (laughs) Take it to the, oh oh I can't believe we didn't bring this up so um, actually it was take it to the house oh. so the Super Bowl was a couple of weeks ago and the uh, Super Bowl halftime show was the subject of a lot of both accolades and criticisms depending on uh, I don't want to part say, of Kansas you're from yeah yeah I don't want to say that it fell a lot along political lines but 
I mean, I'm not one. I recognize that like politics is real life, but I'm but in this situation, I really feel like this is not something that could have or should that should have been politicized in the way that it was. And that made me it was just annoying. It's like, how are you going to It's like, oh, there there are women shaking their butts. And um, like that's how it is every year. <laughs> and that's their their cheerleaders, cheerleaders at every football game. Except for the Steelers, shout out to the Steelers. The Steelers don't use cheerleaders. Um, Why not? Uh, when asked about that in an interview, um, the late Art Rooney Sr., uh, who at the time was the uh, CEO and the owner of the Steelers organization, said, "Is just too much trouble. Didn't want to have to deal with it. So... No yeah. cheerleaders for the Steelers. I, I get so. it, you know, because that's a whole that's basically a whole nother team on top of the first team that you got to manage and buy plane tickets for and get costumes for and a whole nother set of problems. Yeah, that's literally a whole. Lot. It, yeah. So it's like I get it. It's like, why would I I own a football team? Lawsuit. I don't want to have a dance team, too, that I have to do everything for them that I have to do for the football. Horny team. cheerleaders, horny football players. Just actually, no, I, I think. Traditionally speaking, uh, they, fraternization they, oh, is they uh, separate. Yeah, it's most organizations make that a big no-no. Like, um, yeah, I'm sure that uh, that goes down all the time. Well, I mean, officially, you know, on the record, you know, but you know, things happen. You know, people be grown, and you're talking about like the, like the flight steward, uh, steward, or I'm sorry, the, uh, flight attendants yeah. and um, pilots. I'm sure that you know they're supposed to not fraternize, but it probably happens. You got to figure in closed quarters, exactly. away from home all the time. Yeah, I guess it would not be inconceivable. Yeah, it's it's yeah exactly. All right, so um, moving on. The next thing I'm kind of cranky about right now. For the last week, I've been doing this intermittent fasting. Mm. Um, so let me explain that a little bit. Uh, when you're trying to achieve your health goals. As many of us are, definitely I am, you know, you got to start really being intentional about the way you consume what you consume. Yeah, you can't just reach for the Doritos anymore. Right. And Lord knows I love Doritos. At any rate, so I've been doing what we call what is called intermittent fasting. What that means is there's basically an eight hour window in which you're allowed to uh, in which you're allowed to eat. Right. So you give yourself a cutoff time. In my case, it's 11 p.m. After 11 p.m., I'm done eating. Doesn't matter uh, what I've eaten that day. But, you know, I've been trying to be mindful about making sure that I get enough uh, nutrition in that window. It's just what that means is, you know, because I live most of my life pretty late in the day. You know, like when I did the gig this past Friday, you know, I fit, we finished the gig at around 10. You know, I hit the freeway, get back down to uh, SoCal proper Right, it was like a one o'clock, so I was still up and like more or less wide awake, pretty pretty late on into the evening slash morning. So it's like it can be very, it can be a challenge, kind of, to remind yourself, you know what, you're not hungry, you already ate plenty. You just need to go to sleep. Yeah, and not, you know, well, just a little snacky cake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could no. grab, just grab a hot dog. Just, just go. Just, that's just, all you have to do. Yeah. Just go to sleep. So tell you, 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 I just have something. I'll just have something in the morning when I wake up, mm-hmm. right? And that's so anyway. But like that makes you that can make you cranky because you'd be like because you're used to like having a post gig snack or whatever, or grabbing a bite 
you know, after you're done with the gig, but like when you're doing the intermittent fasting, it ain't like that so much. So that's making me a little cranky, but it's important because, uh, and this is not something that a lot of people think about, but it's actually, you have to be in your conditioning and your health level actually has to be pretty good to be a musician, or at least it helps your musicianship. If you are, there's a fantastic bass player named, um, Anthony Crawford, who actually is a, he did a, um, he's a, he's a really healthy guy and he's a, he's a brilliant bass player. He's actually the nephew of a legendary jazz saxophonist, uh, Hank Crawford. Uh, he did a, like an instructional video on, you know, what are five things you can do to make yourself a, uh, good bass player. And I think number two was eat your fucking vegetables. That's a direct quote. Eat your fucking vegetables. Stay healthy. Make sure you work out. Make sure you're, you know, keeping your conditioning up. And, you know, he's right. And I recognize that as being right because the gear that I use for my gigs is really heavy. So, like, just the cabinet that I use, without talking about the head, just all by itself weighs somewhere somewhere in the neighborhood. It's got to weigh between 90 and 110 pounds. I have to lug that around. Sounds great, but you got to be strong as hell. <laughs> To lift it out of the car, carry it into the venue, get it set up, go back, get the head, get that set up, get it back into the car after the gig. So, uh, point being, maintain your health. You will not regret it. And it actually, believe it or not, will make you a better musician. A little bit, uh, a little bit quicker on the uptake. And that's always good. Mine, not so much in the gutter because you're just kind of on a diet of salt and sugar. Yeah. And fat. Try to cut down on the sodium. Sodium is, uh, you know, it's like a nutrient and you kind of need it, but it's real easy for to get sodium in excess because it's in everything. Oh, yeah. Sodium is in everything. High fructose corn syrup is in everything. Yeah. I found that. I started uh, looking into that several years ago when um, I was, this one TV talk show host was talking about the ills and evils of high fructose corn syrup, which had not been something on my radar at all, but I started doing the research and it's, uh, number one, it's not great. It's actually really, really bad. Like on a lot of different levels is very highly caloric. And in addition to that, it has, it creates this, allegedly, it creates this chemical reaction in the, in your brain that makes you forget that you're full or that you're getting full. That's why, you know, how many times have you gone to a, a cookout and grabbed a Coke and then grabbed another Coke? And then grabbed another Coke. Coke doesn't. Coke does not uh, quench your thirst at it, all. Yeah, it makes and, it worse. And a big part of that is because of high fructose corn syrup. Because you, it, it actually to a degree is, but your brain doesn't know that because chemical reactions. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing about high fructose corn syrup: it's in everything. It's in bread. It's like the number, it's in syrup, it's in, well, I guess it would be in syrup, high fructose corn syrup, that makes sense. The point I'm trying to make is it's very, very, you really got to be intentional and you got to be mindful and you got to be aware of what you're consuming and how it affects you. I'm really still like learning that is like a constant learning curve, but it's, uh, it's worth it because that means I get to stay alive longer and make music better. So, stay healthy, fellow players. It's important. Moving on. Dominic, what's at the top of your current listening list right now? Um, well, I was uh, I was watching YouTube, as I so often do, and I was watching the Beach Boys. And really? I was watching 
uh, Brian Wilson's main influences and the four freshmen came up and right away I kind of just heard that you know the voicings and the style was was like right on so I'll just pull that up really quick and just kind of so this song is called day by day it is by the four freshmen ironically these guys look really too old to be freshmen but that's neither here nor there Great song. Yeah. It's deeper, dear, by far than any ocean. I find that day by day you're making all my dreams come true. Just great harmonies. And you can hear you can hear the Beach Boys in it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You want to pull up some Beach Boys in the interest of comparison? Oh, yeah. Although I will say this. I, I'm not super duper familiar with these guys, but, you know, all these... You know what I'm seeing right when we're watching this video on YouTube and it makes me happy to see that they also play instruments like so a quick just a I'm gonna let this Beach Boys play real quick. Not much more reverb. Yeah, they sort of the Beach Boys sort of uh, revolutionized using reverb like that, didn't they? Of course. Hard left. Hard left. Like if you didn't have stereo, you'd have no vocal. <laughs> yeah. You'd just be hearing the guitar. Yep. And, then and the harmonies coming on the... Wow, that's... I can't say I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, it's a little, it's it's a little like jarring. Yeah, it's like all the harmonies are in the right, the lead vocals in the left, it's like and the, I feel the band is on the left. Like yeah, the whole band. I feel like they're fighting. Yeah, like obviously the song is great, you know, nothing but, but love. the harmonies are great. Oh, the harm, man. So yeah, so that's kind of what I was listening to. Definitely hear the influence. So since we're talking about the genius of the Beach Boys harmony, I am feeling compelled, compelled, I should say, to mention uh, what was my favorite album a couple of years ago. Um, can you pull up the song Dirty Computer real quick? Yeah. So everybody knows who Janelle Monet is. She's kind of a big deal right now. Um, this was the title track to her last album, Dirty Computer. Uh, no, that's the whole movie. We don't want to see that. Um, third one down. And this happens to feature. Now, this just came out two years ago. Those backup vocals you're hearing are none other than Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Because harmony never gets old. When did this come out? This came out in late 1919. Came out in late 2017. Oh, okay. So recently. Yeah, this is like, I don't want to say it's brand new, but when you consider how long the Beach Boys been around. That's insane. Yeah. Now, this is Brian Wilson doing the same thing he was doing 30, 40, 50 years ago, and it still works in context with what we're hearing because... That good harmony, it doesn't get old. No way. That it, stays, when you hear it, you're just like, oh, yeah. that's what good harmonies sound like. Yeah. This is this is how it's done. 
So for those of you listening, if you're not familiar with the album Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet, cop that. Hashtag cop that because there are few records that have come out over the last three, four years that I have enjoyed as much as this one. As a matter of fact, I think this one is probably at the top of my list. The only thing I don't like about that song is I wish it was like a minute and a half longer. Um, but oh well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What, what are you going to do, man? Anyway, that's enough of that. Um, there's another thing I want to throw at. Um, throw at the good people. Another good listen that I think y'all will enjoy. Maybe that's what we'll call this segment. We'll call this the good listen segment. No, I don't know if I like that. Let's uh, let's Sounds make like it. a good burger. Good. Welcome to good listen. Home of the good listen. <laughs> Yeah, that's not as cool as I thought it would be. We'll have to think about that, what we're going to call our uh, recommendation section. At any rate, pull up... Uh, oh, you know what I want to play? Uh, pull up Power Wild by uh, Time King. So about two years ago, I got hip to this band called Time King. And uh, it's nuts. Don't don't play it just yet. Don't play it just oh, yet. Um, like, it's nuts because... I remember somebody asking me, oh, how would you describe them? And I'm like... I have no idea. What I do know is that they really mess around with like uh, time signatures and uh, polyrhythmic type stuff. And, you know, I guess you could say they would, I hate to use the word prog, but I guess they're really unapologetically prog rock in the same way that say like, think. I mean, the guy's apologetic expression on the far left, he's like, sorry. Actually, you're, I hadn't considered, you're right, you're right. It was because, you know, YouTube videos, because... Nobody actually uses streaming platforms anymore when you can listen to music on YouTube for free. Who's who's kidding who? Anyway, so it's like if you listen to like, say, early Genesis, for instance, it's like out there like that. It's out there in a way that like Rush kind of was at their proggiest. At the same time, though, there's something about it that makes it very, very accessible. It's like they're really. They it's f- not like in, insanely overly complicated yeah 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 they find the balance in a in a great way and it's really good writing fantastic musicianship this is power wild by time king yeah turn that shit up so you can just barely tell there's a little latiny sort of a situation Sounds like he's sang for Broadway at, at one point. You are not wrong, yeah. Very and professional. You're not wrong. Did he sing for Broadway? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, but I. Now you got me curious. You know what? I'm not going to Google it, though. But now that you, I hadn't heard, I hadn't noticed that before you mentioned it. But I can hear and what you. You know, his vibrato is very timed. Yeah. It's like no vibrato, lay it on. So what you're saying is, it sounds like he knows what he's doing when he sings. Yeah. Okay. I think it's kind of a testament to how rare that that is that you're noticing that. Okay. 
So that's uh, that's Power Wild by Time King. That's their new single. Uh, it's available on uh, all the uh, streaming platforms, as are several of their other records. They got some really good ones. There's one called Frontierland, which apparently is some sort of Disneyland concept album. I don't. I just know it's called Frontierland, and all the like. At least three of the songs are uh, um, have Disney references in them at one point or another. There's another record they got out called Supre, S U P R, and it should be a E, but it's like upside down, so it's kind of like a schwa. But really, really good music uh, by a really great band called Time King, and that is my pick for the day. What else do we got on deck, Dominic? What else is worthy of our attention right now? Oh, I never finished talking about the Super Bowl halftime show. It was Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. I almost said Beyonce for some reason. Oh, follow up uh, to what we talked about last episode. Beyonce homecoming did end up winning that Grammy. So, woo! But all the other nominees were great, too, including Tom York. Sure. Yeah. Halftime show was great. It was probably the best one they've done in the last three or four years. I feel like I'm a little biased. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be talking about this because I actually have a lot of friends who work in the production of the Super Bowl halftime show every year. Mm. So it's kind of like not now really fair of me to be like, oh, well, this is why this, I loved it. And it was brilliant because, like, I have a bias there. I'm going to I I liked last year's. I think last year's got a real bad rap. It was it was kind of disjointed and that's I think that's one of the things that people that I think that's one of the reasons that this year's halftime show resonated so well with people because it seemed a little more like interconnected. It was like it made sense that this would happen after this and that these two artists were doing this together. Last year it was uh um was it last year maroon five it was maroon five last year and uh, big yeah. boy uh the rapper one half of outcast and travis scott and it's like i'm just wincing just just listening to you describe it maroon five mm-hmm. oh that was uncomfortable that was just like shirtless adam <laughs> with like uh, just like all those tattoos it was like Dude, what is and the thing your is, deal? I don't think they were real tattoos. I think that I was the big issue. It's like even if whether they were or they weren't, they, they, it just looked awful. Yeah, it what, was. What was he trying to go for? Just like prisoner? Kinda? I, <laughs> I think he just thought he was trying to look cool. I don't think he was thinking. I, yeah, I'm sorry, Maroon Five. Ugh. <laughs> it's they're good at what they do, and what they're they good do, at what they it, do. It kind of sucks. Well. Just, that's mean i mean it's true but it's mean it's, it's here's mean. the thing here's a, the, the, that's the frustrating thing like i i feel like i know the exact moment that maroon 5 jumped the shark um they did a song called um payphone with wiz khalifa and don't pull it up i don't want to hear that shit um i feel kind of bad saying that because like me wiz khalifa's from pittsburgh you know black and yellow black and yellow so yeah so I feel like I shouldn't be casting dispersion on a fellow native Pittsburgher at the same time as a song. I remember just listening to Payphone and thinking, it just sounds like a every eight bars of this song sounds like the hook from some other song. And they just took a bunch of hooks from a bunch of random songs, none of which got released, and put those all together. 
How hard is it to do that? I mean, like, you guys couldn't just... (sighs) Get in the studio and write a song that sounds like it was meant to be a song. And most of those songs honestly sound like, hey, do you guys want to maybe add this synth track and and add, like, a pad under it and maybe do... No. (laughs) It's like, okay, um... Oh, I was thinking we could have uh, maybe some background vocals for this one part, kind of make it, you know, real lush. Mm, pass. No, no, we're good. Uh, okay. All right. I'm, I did my input. No, I just wanted it to. It's you know, Just put it out. Because like, g- no, we're looking for stark and empty, which is what they sound like. They just sound like honestly, they sound like songs that were written by like some kids in junior high or maybe high school. That or by a committee of or people exactly saying a corporation. Yeah, it's very. And here's the sad part: like their first couple of records as Maroon Five. I remember I really liked song about songs about Jane. Like I remember hearing "Hard to Breathe" and thinking, "This is okay. This is what." And I hate to use this phrase. This is what modern rock is supposed modern to sound rock. like. You know, this is a logical progression from some of the stuff that was like established with. I hate to use this phrase. Modern rock in the mid to late '90s. This is like a. This is a progression from Goo Goo Dolls and. Uh, oh, you know what it probably was? It probably sounded somebody said. Let's take the uh, aesthetic sensibilities uh, of mid, late 90s modern rock, Matchbox 20. Incubus. Yeah, groups like that. And let's make it pretty like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Voila! Maroon 5. Now, here's where it gets weird. Incubus was pretty pretty that guy had his shirt off all the time well yeah but i mean pretty they, boy kind of yeah but he red did, tattoo but no frosted tips though no frosted you know, tips no tat well did he have the tattoos he, he had didn't... he had tats oh okay all right and they're like dude maybe a shirt today no oh okay. sorry <laughs> the tattoos are happening just like the cowboy hat shirts you, coming you only off. get that if you listen to the last episode anyway here's a really weird thing about maroon five um have you ever heard of a band called Karis Flower? No, but it sounds pretentious. Look them up. Pull them up. I want you to hear this. Just type Karis Flowers into YouTube. How do you spell this? K A R A apostrophe S Flowers. Here's our little music fun fact for today. Now, this band is called Karis Flowers, and they were. In the late 90s, they were, you know... It sounds like me in my room messing around on GarageBand. You remember those days, huh? (laughs) It's kind of a, sort of a Nirvana light, you know, obviously very... Do you recognize that voice? It sounds very edgeless. Do you recognize that voice? No. That's Adam Levine. Because Kara's Flowers is what Maroon 5 called themselves before they were Maroon 5. I got I mean, this is so... You can hear the Alice in Chains. You can hear the... I'm not going to say you can hear the Soundgarden because... But they were... Doesn't, doesn't quite resonate, does it? No. It's like so. Basically, what the, we're the dealing. The chord progression is extremely stock. Yeah, it's a one three seven one three. So it's like yeah, that's like 
like you said before, it's songwriting 101. You know, it's like, I could do that in my sleep. Now, I will say this. I that was a collective effort. <laughs> so me. Well, I mean, I guess it's worth mentioning that there's a couple of different band members that are present now than uh, weren't that weren't present before. For instance, you remember I talked about uh, "Say So" by P.J. Morton being a Grammy nominee uh, for best uh, for best R&B record. Uh, he actually ended up winning. So shout out to P.J. Morton and JoJo. Uh, so happy, well deserved Grammy nomination, well deserved Grammy win. Great song, P.J. Morton actually plays keys in Maroon 5 now. Once again, if you remember me talking about the other guy in episode one of the gig podcast, PJ Morton is another fantastic example of the other guy that, you know, wouldn't happen if he wasn't there. So what is good about Maroon 5 currently? I, they're actually, okay, the Super Bowl notwithstanding, they're good live. You're being really nice. I mean, I mean, I guess they didn't like crap all over the stage. No, I'm sure they see, fine. that's the thing, man. Like they they totally got shit on in the aftermath. It's like, oh, it was terrible. Oh, it was so boring. It was just seemed disjointed and all all viable critiques. With that said, I mean, it wasn't. With they, that said, I wouldn't really like me personally. I'm not really into the halftime show or the game. I am, frankly. Uh, yeah, that's that's fine. I just yeah. I wouldn't watch yeah. it. And I think it's worth mentioning that this last Super Bowl actually was a fantastic game of football yeah 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 I, so i've been told i just <laughs> you know not i'm just not a sports guy no not a, not a fan and definitely the the halftime show is is a great production but you know it's just it's ultra pop and it can it, be a great production sometimes it's not here's the funny thing even though even when it's really really fleshed out from a production standpoint sometimes it still doesn't work justin timberlake did it a couple of years ago and that one kind of got shit on too like it was like it just well I mean there there was a lot of reasons for that you know there was sort of social political stuff going on and they were like yeah we don't want you and it was in Minneapolis and it was right after Prince died so it's like what are we going to do about Prince and are we going to have a Prince hologram and Prince's family was like fuck you do not we will have no Prince holograms that's weird so they like projected Prince's face up on a big screen and while Justin played one of his songs um at any rate but like that one got shit on yeah so it's like it doesn't matter is it can't sometimes it doesn't matter you know whether or not the production is good like even when the production's good i will say this i have a friend like i like i mentioned i got a a good friend who um works on the production team and after right after the super bowl halftime was over uh show when maroon 5 did it last year his <laughs> Like you've heard of people damn you've heard the phrase damning with faint praise, right? It's like when you say something kind of nice to avoid uh saying something really really mean like uh like let's say Yeah, he looks good with the bass. Exactly. Yeah. So this is like changing the subject real quick since you mentioned that. So my old band Upstart is playing a gig at D Piazza's in Long Beach, which apparently Mark D Piazza is about to retire. Hmm. That's kind of a big deal story because, like, everybody's played at D. Piazza. So shout out to Mark D. Piazza for always being a fantastic uh, uh, venue uh, runner who has created a great platform for fantastic music in the Long Beach area. Anyway, so we're playing. We finished the gig, and it was a fun gig. Uh, We kind of kicked ass. 
Somebody comes standing with the drummer and the piano player after the gig. Somebody comes up to us like, wow, Jared, you're fantastic. You really, man, you're, you're such a great player. Tony, you know, you wrote those songs and yeah, such a, your groove is killing. Guy looked at me and goes, you looked like you were really having fun. Hmm. Ouch. This is an example of damning someone with faint praise. Like if you have dinner at somebody's place and you go, nice silverware. Damning with faint praise. I get it. Anyway. So my friend who works uh, the Super Bowl halftime show, right afterwards, he goes on Facebook and says, uh, uh, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. We did our best. I hope you thought the drones were cool. I mean, it's to me, the the reason why I don't am not particularly into it, the music to me just seems a little trite. Not that it's not saying anything, but I mean. Well, a lot of times that's true. A lot of times it doesn't say anything. Yeah. Sometimes it does. I mean, The Who did it a while back, and their music is meaningful. Yeah. Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen. You can't tell me Bruce Springsteen is not meaningful. I don't really listen to Bruce Springsteen. Um, but big. these acts are huge, huge acts. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that that's kind of a turnoff to me. Like, huge, huge acts, not all the time, but can tend to just seem a little, you know, corporation-y. And like, uh, sort of like what you were saying about U2 before. Yeah, they're just so big at this point. They just don't relate to even being a human at this point because they just have so much money and and all this stuff. So their art is just kind of like, "Hey, is is this what you guys want?" You know, and it's just like, "Uh, not really, but you're going to give it to us anyway." Okay, so you raise a good point. Now the the question becomes: Can you be monetarily successful and still make music worth making? But but again, I, I'm, I'm asking. Well, I'm I'm biased because I I just don't I'm not a, f- a fan of Beyonce or J Lo or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, Neither do I, but I love a good show. It's yeah. It I it's, I would like a good show with someone else with no J Lo, no Beyonce. <laughs> so if it was you doing the picking, who would you pick? Um, I wouldn't really have a show, but um, <laughs> I'd just be like, show's off, go home. No, uh, I don't know. Maybe some interesting. Uh, Grace Jones is cool. Have maybe Grace Jones. Hey, that is a good call, man. Because some, some just just some cooler acts. Because hey. like, Jay, there's nothing wrong with Beyonce. It's not like Beyonce sucks or anything. Because she oh, doesn't. She's, oh, sorry. Can we hit the pause button for a second? That was just first of all. That was the randomest ass good. call. Like of all the names to pull out but of your head. Do it anyway. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Grace Jones. Grace Jones is fan. Have you ever really listened to Slave to the Rhythm? There is a lot going on yeah, in that she's song. Really good. Holy fun fact, produced by Guess Who. But she, uh, um, if you really listen and you really think, like Martin it's Martin Hannett. Nope, nope. The funny thing is, once I say it, you're gonna kick yourself because it's Danny like, Elfman. oh, of course he did. <laughs> no, <laughs> not Danny. Who? Just, just tell me. Nile Rogers. Oh, okay. Listen to the guitar part. Listen to the rhythm guitar part. That's straight. That's like straight out of the Nile Rodgers playbook. But anyways, yeah, just my point is, is not that these acts suck. They're just, you know, not my personal preference. And, and I would just kind of be hard pressed to watch a show with people that I just don't enjoy. So, OK, well, that not doesn't really not make sense. That uh, that is a perfectly logical consideration to have. Still, in all, it was decent. It was. It was more than a decent halftime show, vastly superior to the one they did last year. Although I'm not one of those Maroon 5 uh, haters or one of those Travis Scott haters. I am. I guess somebody's (laughs) got to be. 
You know? Right here. Over here. I'm raising my hand. Yeah, nobody I'm... till somebody hates you, huh? Yeah, no one till somebody hates you. That was nice. No one till somebody hates you. Worst words to live by. So give them a reason to hate you. Give your haters something to do. All right. Um. Well, let's get ready to call it a day. I think we've uh, wasted enough time, wasted enough of the people's time. But uh, those of you who are listening, thank you so much again for listening. Dominic, any parting shots? Um. Spay and neuter your pets, people. Okay, Bob Barker. Yeah. That, that's it, huh? That's that's it. You don't want to take another second to plug the new single again? Oh, um, so I have two singles coming out. One is already out. It's entitled Lightheaded by Romantic Analog. Uh, the one that should be out in a few days is called Bob Gray. Gray with an E to avoid the copyright. It's um, probably a good idea. So look uh, for that. That's going to be on Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon, and all those digital platforms that I don't use. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to plug an EP that I played bass on uh, by a fantastic rapper named R. Will. It is called Literati. It's a three-song EP, and it's really good. L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I. Fantastic three-song EP uh, available on all digital streaming platforms. I use them. I mean, I well, I use one of them. Uh, which one do I use? I use Spotify. Um, anyway, so you're looking for Literati by R. Will. Fantastic uh, piece of hip-hop brilliance by a great MC from Deep SoCal down in the uh, San Diego area. The home of Nick Cannon. So obviously... <laughs> San Diego is starting to become a real hotbed for dope hip-hop. I'm kidding. Let me stop. At any rate, so cop that. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Make sure you go to the the Gig Podcast Facebook page and uh, leave a message. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want us to chop it up about. In the meantime, uh, we'll see you next time a little further down the road. And...